Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Misunderstood World podcast. I'm your co-host, Bill. I'm your co-host, Dylan. And welcome back to episode 12 of the Misunderstood World podcast. We have another current affairs episode today. And yeah, how are you, Bill? Not too bad, Bill. Um, for listeners out there, um, we've had a slight delay with episodes uh, for our uh, story one, but that means next uh this week, uh, sorry, next week, Monday, we'll have two uh, Life Story podcast episodes instead. Uh, but besides that, it's been a bit of a, we had a problem with the Wi-Fi, but besides that, we're all okay. Uh, how are you, Bill? I'm all right, Dylan. Just for the listeners, we don't, we won't have two on Monday. We'll have one, we'll have two next week, two Life yeah, Stories. Sorry, week. two next week. Yeah. So yeah, I've been all right, though, Dylan. Just uh, been, you know, been doing all right. So uh, let's get into the first story of today. So my story is Britain's first garbage truck for space could clear up junk with bear hug. So two UK firms are developing technologies to track down and capture the growing number of defunct satellites orbiting the planet. So that's quite, that's really interesting in my opinion anyway. Yeah, I find that quite fascinating as well. So developing technologies to track down and capture the growing number of defunct satellites. So there's a load of satellites orbiting the Earth basically, and they're all they're not like no one's using them. They're all like they're all it's just space junk. Like it's just load of like metal fl- like um orbiting the Earth because of the Earth's gravity, and obviously they can't get out of the Earth's gravity. So, um, Britain's first garbage truck for space could clear up junk with a bear hug or even the robotic equivalent of a litter picker. <laughs> wow. The two techniques are being proposed by companies competing for a UK contract to launch a cleanup mission as soon as 2026. The winning prototype will track down and capture two defunct satellites, then cast them into the atmosphere where they will burn up. There is growing alarm at the moment of debris spinning around the planet at 18,000 miles per hour. A collision with crucial critical satellites could bring down everyday services, including t- telecommunications and GPS navigation. Rory Holmes of ClearSpace, one of the competing companies, told Sky News. This is from Sky News, by the way, for uh, listeners. For the last six decades, we have been launching satellites into space without really thinking about what happens at the end of their life. When they run out of fuel or when they break, we could we just discard them. We leave them to clog up space. So yeah, so I I do I believe in this. I think this is a good idea because I just like I said, like you can't really just be leaving stuff up there that's gonna have the potential to bring down telecommunications and GPS because the whole world would shut down them, wouldn't it? Though? Of course, yeah, absolutely. So what what you're saying is, and from the report is the rubbish is. Uh, uh, space um, satellites which have uh, passed their life expectancy basically is that what the uh, rubbish is bill yeah it's satellites that uh, no one yeah that just don't they work die, anymore. basically yeah 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 and they're like no one no one needs them anymore they're satellites like from quite a few years ago because like the more sat- the, they're like quite old because obviously people are putting up new satellites all the time and obviously yeah of course satellites why would you use the old well, ones like- you know on um you know sat navs in cars i know your car's got one and like a lot of other cars got one you know like built-in sat navs bill yeah they're they're controlled by satellite from space that's how you get the map and all that i remember doing that in ict and a level um it it basically sends basically the car's location gets pinged up to a satellite space and then the satellite space shows 
So your so your car will be a will will send its location up, and then the location where you want to go will be will be sent back down by the satellite, basically. And there's a complete I forgot what it's called now. I should have done some research if we can do this do this, but and then let you you know what it's called. But all the sat navs and cars, and possibly even phones as well, GPS are controlled by satellite in space. So yeah, they are. It's, if, it's, if if the satellite, as you said, if the satellites were to go down, that would mean no satellite navigation for any of those uh, technologies, which could be very um, dangerous for our day to day lives here and here on Earth. Uh, yeah, exactly. Though, mm. exactly, it's it's you know the people don't really think about it. You know, day to day life, they don't think they don't really think about where GPS or telecommunications no, no, really no. coming from. They're just there, but you know but it's actually it is a bit scary actually thinking that you know if one if any of these satellites go down that's orbiting our planet then our life on earth as we know it would kind of stop because well, well um, this isn't even as big an issue but i use the running app strava and um i'm sure a lot of people use that and i'm pretty sure that is controlled by a satellite the making of it because basically yeah it's controlled by gps yeah, yeah yeah that's basically what it is so um that would that as an app would cease to exist if if the this problem is sorted, would it, Bill? Because we just dump stuff in space. But what are they going to do uh, when they've collected all the rubbish from the old satellites? What are they going to do with the material? Are they going to reuse it to make? Well, they're more not. Satellites? No, well, what they're no, what they're doing, they'll, they're just trying to get them out of orbit. So they're not actually going to get the the material. So what so what they're trying to do is they're just trying to send them hurtling towards space, and all the metal and the material burn up in our atmosphere. So what you're saying is they're not actually going to get rid of the material; they're just pushing it. Away. All right, so they're moving it. No, 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 they are getting rid of it. Well, they're not really. They're not really though. They are because they're moving space. No, but they're just moving it. They're not getting rid of it. Yeah, but they're burning it up in, in the atmosphere because the atmosphere gets super hot. It just burns everything to the like it burns up everything. They're not going to be reusing it, no. Would um would no, would no. the would the emissions burn from the old satellites would that affect global warming though? Would you say? No, no, no. That's nothing to do with that. No, no, no. So, but um. <laughs> No, no, that's nothing to do with that. It's uh, that's to do with like greenhouse gases and the stuff. Oh, I like know, that. but would it but um, no, no, that'll, just, that'll, that'll, just, that'll just be vapor. No, no, that'll just be vaporized in the atmosphere. That'll have nothing to do with it. But um, so let me just carry on reading this. So we're in a situation now where space is quite congested, and all these different dead projects are whizzing around, crisscrossing each other's paths, sometimes colliding, and sometimes really getting in the way of what we what we could be doing in space. Clear Space is designing a spacecraft that looks a little like a giant squid with multiple arms reaching out to wrap around a target satellite. Uh, that's why it's called a bear hug. I see. Uh, complex robotics added. Mr. Holmes, call it call it a bear hug. We well, have to... Can I just interrupt you there? If the it's way. not like a squid, yeah, yeah, yeah. shouldn't they call it a squid yeah. hug? <laughs> they should do. Yeah, or, yeah they or, should. Or, 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 you should uh, write to them. The Calamari uh, cleanup crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry for all the vegans out there, but. Uh, yeah. Calamari. We have, Calamari. Uh, That's quite good, right? <laughs> find them. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, the triple C. 
<laughs> we have to find a way of capturing and enclosing these objects so they don't spin away from us, he said. One advantage with the mechanism we have is that we can completely get around the object before we pull it in tightly to make sure it can't slip away and can't go off in the direction uh, we're not expecting. So if for the for the listeners here, and I don't know if you want to uh, look at this as well, though. On the Sky News article I'm reading off, it shows all the satellites that's orbiting around Earth, and it's actually crazy. Like, it's 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 absolutely mad how many satellites are actually currently orbiting the Earth. There's, like, thousands and thousands and thousands. Approx- yeah, and pro- approximately 95% of them are just debris, like the ones that don't even work anymore, just space, space debris that's, like, collided with each other and all. Oh, so have you ever seen Wally? When he, like, when the ship... yeah. It's atmosphere and there's like loads of just junk around the planet. It's, it's like that then, isn't it? If you had to paint the picture. It is, yeah, yeah right. it is. The other company, Oxfordshire-based Astroscale, will use a spacecraft with a long robotic arm to grab the defunct satellite. So both of these companies are competing to get this contract, basically, and obviously trying to get it off the government. Jason Forshaw, head of future business at the company, said designing a spacecraft that could access and capture an aging satellite was a huge challenge. Maybe different parts have fallen off the satellite, he said. Sometimes antennas fall off. Sometimes they get hit by debris. So the first challenge is inspecting the debris when you get there to see what condition it's in. Then the second stage is actually getting closer to it and latching on. And there is complexity in the robotics needed for that. So collisions risks are growing. The spacecraft will have to work autonomously. Radio signals from ground control would arrive too late when dealing with such a fast moving satellite. Astroscale is hoping satellite manufacturers start adding a standardized docking plate to their designs to make it easier for another spacecraft to latch on either to refuel uh, and service it or to remove it from orbit so this is i feel like this is going to be an increasing topic like increasing attention on space debris i've i've because i'm like in the science world in a little in a little way i always hear about people like uh talking about how there's some there's too much space debris and it's like mm. have you heard of this uh, the pacific garbage garbage pack uh i haven't the, bill i haven't i'm sure you listen so, to hear about it though so this is this is this is gonna blow your mind here, but okay. in the Pacific Ocean, there's a massive garbage patch, right, floating the size of Texas. Oh no, I have heard about this actually. Yeah, I have heard about this. But literally a whole garbage packed full of absolutely rubbish. The side, the land area. This is quite hard to get your head around. The land area of Texas, the whole one of the biggest states in America, oh. is just floating in the Pacific Ocean, and there's no one. No one's doing anything about it. So that's kind of what the space debris is kind of getting to know. Obviously, it's a lot harder to get space debris out because it's traveling a hundred like thousands of miles an hour even hundreds of thousands of miles an hour so absolutely bill and the money to actually you know um put, to put a rocket or a cleanup crew in space would be extremely expensive um these uh, these uh, you know these devices that these these equipment that uh, um these companies are making to clean it up are they um are they unmanned, or are, is, are there going to be a pilot there, or is it going to be done? Is it going to be done like a UAV almost, if that makes sense? 
Yeah, it'll be like a UAV. It'll, oh, there, right, won't be, right, there won't right. be astronauts doing so no, it. They're not actually it'll putting be... people... Okay, that makes sense. No, no, it'll be autonomous. Like, it'll be like robotics. Yeah. But um, that's why... Did you hit, Did you see what I was saying before? I, I was just thinking about it then. I said it's going to have to be autonomous because the radio signals... Radio, even though raising radio waves travel at crazy speeds, it still won't be enough to uh, get radio signals up to the up to these uh, robotic arms in time. Because, like I said, like they said, they're moving at such a high speed, there yeah, won't exactly. be enough time exactly. in between. Exactly. So um, it's quite interesting, actually. You probably might have answered this question if we were just to leave the space mess up there and not uh, try and think what what are the consequences of Earth, if you like, Bill. Like, obviously, we'll have a lot more um, space to bring around the Earth. What are the actual environmental consequences for us on Earth if we were just to leave this problem? Well, one of the if 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 we continue to add to this basic garbage pack, you can call it as quote unquote. You know, it's going to be it'll be a lot harder for us if we us humans here to start even sending more stuff up into space. Like, because there's going to be so much stuff in the way, there's a high chance that you know something's going to hit, like a rocket or something going up to space. So, like, it's quite it's quite uh, you know Elon Musk and SpaceX and all that. You know, if they want to put a rocket up, I, I bet a lot of what they do is having to know each single location of all this space debris that's orbiting the earth but obviously it's hard to know where it all is as well because um it's constantly like hitting each other and new bits are being formed and stuff so the consequences is you know there's there won't we need to try to get all the space debris off so there there can be more missions like especially manned missions because they're not gonna if the, if this space debris continues to go up and up and up you know they're not gonna risk human lives sending uh, rockets up there and a consequence of that would be uh, space exploration will be slowed down or halted until we can start to get rid of all this space debris <laughs> you know and it's it, another another consequence still would be uh there's actually an article here i'll get it up uh that's okay. related to this i'm not i haven't finished reading this article but three tons of space debris is hurtling towards the moon at a high speed so it was initially thought that spacex was the source of the leftover rocket but since then an expert has concluded it's from a 2014 chinese mission and that's another consequence there's 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 company uh there's there's countries around the world that's sending up satellites and rockets and all that we don't even know about. Like, they're doing it on the sly because why would they want to tell another country about their space exploration? And obviously, that's another thing that needs well, to yeah, be... Uh, a communist government or any government, totalitarian government which has a different ideology to governments in the West, like democracy, like we have, would not be, wouldn't be as open. I mean, I know when Richard Nixon in the 70s... Um, was the first American president to go to China, part of ping pong diplomacy. Ping pong diplomacy. It kind of did open us up a bit in terms of connecting to these countries, but I think in general they're not going to tell us everything. If that makes sense, you know, I think I think the understanding is is that we use countries like China and Russia. We use them for like sort of trade partners. You know, well, we're not Russia so much now, but we use them just more for trade partners, really. But we, you know, they're not they're not as open as say, you know, as say Britain would be to France or Britain to be would be to America. Um, but yeah, like I said to you, I think you know space has always been quite interesting because I know back in the Cold War era, 
it was used as a bit of a competition ground, a bit like a stadium of American versus the Russians who could get to the moon first. So um, it's one of them, really. Um, they will, they'll never be the, the Chinese go- communist government will never be as open with us about what they're sending up there because you know they'll feel like it'd give us in the West an advantage. So they're never going to do that. Um, no, that's, but, that's a good way of looking at it, you know, in the in yeah. political side. Uh, three tons of space junk is hurtling towards the moon at a speed of 5,800 miles per hour, but no one is willing to claim it. The leftover rocket, about 12 metres long and three metres in diameter, is due to smash into the far side of the moon on, on Friday. So this... Uh, just for this is from the March third, twenty twenty two. This article, so obviously it's already crashed into it. It is expected to carve out a hole up to twenty meters across and send moon dust flying for hundreds of miles. Elon Musk, SpaceX initially held their hands up as the source of the junk after the collision course was first noticed in January by asteroid tracker Bill Gray. Uh, I really just don't see any way it could be anything else, Elon Musk said. But Mr. Gray corrected himself in February, admitting that the object was not a SpaceX rocket upper stage from the 2015 launch of a deep state uh, deep space climate com- uh, com- observatory for nasa instead the mathematician and physicist concluded it was the third stage of a chinese rocket which sent which sent a test sample capsule to the moon in 2014 he told the associated press i've become a little more cautious of such uh, caution on such matters but I really just don't see any way it could be anything else. In February, a spokesman for the Chinese foreign, foreign Ministry said the upper stage of the rocket in question had re-entered Earth's atmosphere and burned up. But obviously, uh, Bill Gray saying that's not, that's a lie. But there were two Chinese missions with similar objectives. The test flight and the lunar sample return mission, and it is possible the two are being confused. U.S. Space Command has said that the Chinese upper stage from the 2014 lunar mission never reorbited, uh, defenseless against a constant barrage. The moon already has many craters. The largest of them are thought to be about 1,600 miles across, which is absolutely insane. It faces a constant barrage of meteors, asteroids, and the occasional incoming uh, spacecraft, but without any relapse atmosphere it is defenseless so it can't burn up in the atmosphere because the moon doesn't have an atmosphere whereas stuff coming to earth burns up in our atmosphere the, the moon has uh, also has no weather so the craters last forever it's like you know when uh, you know when they first walked on the moon well supposedly first walked on the moon that'll be another episode for the future i'm sure though but um, when they first walked on the moon their footprints are still there because there's no weather Right, okay, so there's no change in the actual... There's no change in whatever the lasts forever because there's no, like, their footprints are still there. Like, uh, there's, like, the tracks when they were driving the rovers are all still there. Yeah, it's, it's quite amazing, really. And then Bill, Miss, uh, Bill Gray said the space junk problem was not limited to China or in any other country, adding, nobody is particular caref- particularly careful about what they do with this junk at this sort of orbit. So like I said, like this isn't the, I don't think this is really the, 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 uh, the way to be looking at space. Cause it's like people, it's like in a way, all these countries don't really care if there's space junk, but in my opinion, and I'm sure in a lot of other people's opinion, you know, if we carry on the sending, like having space junk, it's going to get really, it already is really clustered up there. I heard Elon Musk talking about it before. 
In November last year, Russia was criticised for a reckless and irresponsible weapons test, which created more than 1,500 pieces of space debris and endangered the seven crew aboard the inter- yeah, International Space Station. So that's what I mean. Another consequence is the people on the International Space Station, though, are going to be bombarded by the space junk, and obviously the people up there could die easily, couldn't they, if, um, if there was a breach? Yeah, exactly, and the effects of uh, damaging the moon. So what you're saying is we need to preserve the solar, we need to preserve the space, you know, preserve our moon and preserve space, make sure, you know, try and clear up and make sure there's no junk. You know, I I know we do a lot. No, go on. I was just going to say, I think we should just be more careful about our... our, as our solar links like you know what i mean like mm. uh you know we shouldn't just treat the solar si- our, our local solar system as a as like oh yeah it doesn't matter if there's space debris up there you know i think everything should be a bit more uh but that's the thing about it obviously space is still vastly unexplored and there's no real there's no real international law about sending it up there, but maybe for the future that's something for humans. Well the to problem is, Bill, if you keep if you keep dumping in space, it'll eventually turn into like one of the ocean the our ocean on Earth. You know, just be riddled of junk, if that makes sense. You can't I I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. You can't just launch whatever you feel like and have no real consequence of what's actually up there. You have to be you have to preserve it and make sure things are gonna be okay, you know. You can't just launch whatever you want and you can't you know there needs to be sort of an international sort of um there needs to be an international space agreement of all countries doesn't matter their political ideology to, de- to depend on what they're actually you know gonna launch up there because you know there's no good having the chinese or the russians just launch stuff and not tell us that and at the same time it's not fair that we launch stuff and not tell the chinese russian russian government so what i would Pose is we have sort of an international international um, sort of band of countries in space, you know, for about about space to talk about what we can put up there and uh, how we're going to clear it up. It needs to be moderated. It needs to be legislated. You know, it has to be. You know, we can't just right at the moment the space is just like the wild west. Anything seems to go up there, and you can't do that because eventually you'll damage it. You know, like with the moon, with with, with satellites hitting it, eventually it could break the moon. You know. If, if enough satellites and I, I'm not talking about in the in in the distant you know in the recent future I'm talking about very distant I'm saying maybe 50 60 maybe even 100 years but you know eventually it'll, it'll break it could even break the moon if that makes sense you know and and you know it just breaks and the the uh, the effects of that would be very deadly for us so we can't you know it's it's wildlife you know it's 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 the wild isn't it so you can't just stuff you know it's it's very irresponsible and you know we need to talk we need to open negotiations and talk about it yeah definitely Dil. that's good word is there uh and like i said like uh, astronauts aboard the space station have had to carry out a number of avoidance measures in recent years to be prevented from hitting by space junk so you know it is a big issue like it is actually quite a big issue yeah exactly and you're saying now bill as well you're saying um, as now it's 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 limiting our space exploration. You know, we, I know you're very passionate about Britain having its own space program, but how can we have a space program if there's too much junk up there? We need to get rid of the junk, and then we can we can carry on issuing the exploration of space, so we can stand it more. Yeah, exactly. Though that's exactly mate, what it is. It's that's what needs to be done. But you know, money, greed, power, it all comes into play when it comes to space. Cause yeah. you know, money is just, yeah. So anyway, there's pressure on firms to take responsibility for space junk. 
uh, this is back to the original article now for the for the current affairs one. Uh, simulations, uh, computer simulations. That is, it hasn't said it doesn't has hasn't said computer simulations, but obviously that's what it is. Computer simulations show that removing large objects before they collide and cause a cloud of smaller debris would reduce the risk of runaway series of impacts, destroying multiple other satellites. Well, that's what I mean. Other like these, this space debris can actually destroy the satellites that we actually need up there. The UK Space Agency, the UKSA, has given two companies four million. Four million only. That seems like not a lot to me, to be honest. Well, no, four million. Minor space exploration, but you got to understand is is that you know right now we get we we we're living with the effects of uh, world and post COVID, so arguably it's not a top, top priority now something like this would only be a top priority if the economy was doing well and it isn't you know that's the only sort of speaking from a political sense and an economic sense they're not gonna they're gonna make sure everything on earth is okay before they're gonna go into space and clear up space really that's just the way way it is you know how how can you justify you know fixing space if like um you know people you know aren't in work uh, the nhs is in crisis uh, and even our own environmental impacts on earth aren't that you know need, need need addressing how can we do that how can we we need to solve we need to solve Earth's ills before we can go on to serve space ills. If that makes sense, that's that's yeah. And there's uh, there's positives and there's there's both sides of that argument. I've heard that argument a lot before, and like it's it's all about getting a fine balance. I think to be honest, well, yeah. But I still yeah. think I still think we need to explore space. Well, yeah, of course. Well. I'm not. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is at this current moment. You know the the whole our, our country and even the whole world's just gone through a COVID pandemic. So imagine if you know um, Rishi Sunak and Kevin Hunt announced in their next meeting where they said, "Right, we're gonna we're gonna ha- we're gonna deliver a large budget into sort of cleaning up space, but it's gonna it's gonna involve us taking money from health service, education, the armed forces. You know, you know they'd be." It'd be, you know, it'd be, there'd be riots. You know, we have to first at this current moment in time, we have to fix the country's economy, fix the health service, fix, you know, education, fix the, you know, armed services. I mean, I've always thought because, you know, um, you probably know this, but Nasser, I, I, I'm, I'll tell this for listeners, is part of the American Air Force. Um, not many people know this. Uh, I only knew about it when I was about sixteen because I did public services in GCC. But Nasser's part of the American Air Force, so. It's kind of giving me, giving me an idea. Why doesn't instead of instead of I mean, right now we're in a bit of a thingy because we're with that Ukraine and Russia crisis. But after that, that will eventually subside. Um, we could focus the um, all the air forces. So for us, it'd be the RAF, Royal Air Force, the American Air Force, Canadian Air Force, and you know all around focus on uh, sort of having a team um, a team effort into cleaning up space. I think it'd be a good project, and it would definitely bring our countries together. Yeah, that's a good idea for sure, though, definitely. Um, Adam Callan Etty from the agency said, we're going to, after the Funk UK registered satellites, those are our satellites. We want to lead the way in being a responsible actor in space and bring that junk down so it doesn't threaten anything else. So it's good the UK have that have that um mentality the uk space industry already supports forty-seven thousand jobs and generates 16.5 billion a year but as pressure grows for countries and companies to take responsibility for their space junk 
there is new opportunity for growth. Being the first, sorry, carry on, though. Well, I was going to say, yeah, the exploration of space has changed. I mean, when Kennedy first launched in the moon and, you know, since then, it's been more or less just government like NASA and stuff like that. But now, now here in the West, we have private companies like we have Elon Musk. We have the people companies you mentioned, Clear Space Bill. We've also, I think Richard Branson's had a crack at it and Jeff Bezos. So now we've got a... Uh, multi-billionaires actually cracking into space which i you know which i he's had some criticism because you know people said oh well they don't pay tax so they don't do this but an argument is is if they can uh, have a combined effort of a military private sector and education whether from oxford or um i, I think maybe um you know one of the um science universities in america so i think was it south tech in california I can't. I'm sorry, I forget what that's what in California is called. Caltech, you know, Caltech, yeah, in Silicon Valley. Um, if we have like a combined effort in those things, I reckon we can definitely get it done, hundred percent. Yeah, do hundred percent. Right. So, and then just finally, um, and then my talk about being the first to lead, not only on developing active debris removal, but in understanding the laws and the guidelines you have to follow. That really shows the UK is taking its commitment seriously. Adam said it puts us in a great position for future business. If we're the first ones to demonstrate it, we're going to be the ones. We're going to be the go-to place for those contracts. Well, that's very sure. good, and I think that's definitely a good thing that can help Britain's economy and change Britain's uh, culture. Because, I mean, when I was growing up, the only country which was associated with going to space was America. So it'd be good that if Britain does do this, that we'd have the title of going to space and yeah. looking after it. Um, I do think, though, um, you know, like I said to you, it's... Um, oh, I forgot what I'm going to say now. Uh, you, you know, it's... Ah, sorry, Bill. I'm gone now. I was going to say I had a point then, but I forgot. <laughs> it's all right, though. Let's uh, let's just. That's my topic done for today. So let's move on to what you want to talk about today. Though. Yeah. So my topic is um, is isn't as uh, grand as space, but it's it's still pretty important. Um, it's about the YouTuber True Jordy. He's come under recent fire for um, saying some Islamic uh, comments towards Andrew Tate, who has recently turned Muslim. Uh, do you want to? Um, well, well, before we get into that, we'll just start with the uh, beef. I mean, I think there's been a dislike between Andrew Tate and True Geordie. Obviously, those of you who know Andrew Tate is quite a polarizing guy. He's very much like Marmite. You either love him or hate him. Um, and uh, basically, what's happened is, is obviously True Geordie's got wind of that, and then he sort of made a comment saying, "Well, you know, they've been going it back and forth for ages." By the way. And um, Jordy said, "I'm there." I think Andrew Tate challenged him to a boxing match. You know, one of these like YouTube boxing matches or something. I'll challenge him to a boxing match. And Jordy said, "Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't box Andrew Tate, but if I ever, because you know, I because um, you know, I, I don't want to go run, but if I ever saw him in the street, I'd punch him in the teeth." And then Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate review as well. They're not. He's obviously not that committed. And and um, quote unquote, Andrew and Tristan said, "I'd like to see him try punch punch him." Um, basically what happened was recently Andrew Tate became Muslim and uh, True Geordie's quote was, and quote unquote, this isn't me by the way listeners, this is what uh, Andrew, this is what uh, True Geordie said on his on his live feed, he said uh, well if he if truly was a Muslim um, he would do us all a favour and uh, blow, you know, blow himself up which is obviously a very derogatory term to use to Muslim people 
um, as as a consequence of that, um, you know, he's had a, he's, he's had major backlash. Uh, Jim Shark, who sponsored True Geordie, has now removed their sponsorship, and uh, I, um, True Geordie is is now. Um, He's now living in the reality he could potentially get cancelled. Yeah, it's. Do you know what it is? I think as well. It's. Yeah. He's grown up with, like, I'm not making excuses for him at all, but it's that laddish UK culture. Yeah, yeah, that's, 100%, 100%. that's what it is. It's. And it's like ingrained into you, like men in the UK, to act like that, and it's, it's just bad, isn't it? I, he's not. Look, I'm. Yeah, you know, this is quite an unpopular, pen, unpopular opinion. But True Geordie isn't a racist. Okay, he's not racist. He just, he just said it. It was like from what I, because I watched, you know, obviously the clip, and then I've watched True Geordie's apology videos and stuff like that. And from what I, what I've gathered is that. Um, it was just like stuff you'd say on the schoolyard, if that makes sense. I like what fourteen. So, I mean, I wouldn't have taken it too much into. Um, you know, he's obviously not racist. He was just saying a, an offhanded comment because it was like schoolyard. It's like what you'd say in the schoolyard, like you know, you're Irish, Bill. I'm mixed race as well. I'm you know, I'm disabled. It's it's it's, it's only stuff that we would sort of hear. Um, he shouldn't have said it though, because again, he isn't in the schoolyard. He is an adult with a business. He's in the public eye, isn't and he's, he? Yeah, exactly. And he's in the public eye, so you can't say stuff like that in the public eye. You know, especially if you look at the amount of followers, subscribers that Trudy has, you, you can't be saying stuff like that. I mean, I think what kind of, what happened was that Andrew Tate. Um, True Geordie sent some, we won't get into this now on the podcast, but True Geordie sent some explicit texts to a girl on Instagram and then Andrew Tate basically exposed him. And I think that kind of what wound him up. I don't think they like each other. And rather than just sort of, you know, ignore it, he then sort of said, well, yeah, da, da, da. so that's what caused him to sort of, um, you know, say that about Andrew Tate. Um, it's clear that these two men don't like each other. And that's fine, but you shouldn't insult his religion. Like, if Andrew Tate is a Muslim, then you know you shouldn't offend his religion. You know he has a right to believe whatever he wants to believe. He's not hurting anybody. He has he has a right to. You know we we live in the West. You that means you have an opportunity to pick whatever religion you like. If you believe in a religion, or if you choose not to believe in religion, you you know, and he he should have the right to express that. And that is quite an offensive thing to say. I mean. I will make the argument is maybe Andretation have sent those explicit texts because yes, they are private. Um, but then again, you should never send explicit texts to to a to, to 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 a random girl. You know, you should only really do that if you're, I suppose, in a relationship. You know, you can't really, you know, you can't really um, expect the girl or whoever sent whoever sent that to Andrew Tate to, uh, you know, not send them because obviously, I mean, morally, you shouldn't, she shouldn't, or whoever they shouldn't have sent it. But then again, it's over social media, and it was to a girl that it wasn't his girlfriend so you know or wasn't someone he was in a long-term relationship with so you know it wasn't private if that makes sense you know he was trying to chat up a girl if you like and he shouldn't have done that and i i watched his uh he's, he's, he sort of released two apology videos um one saying he's sorry and i watched it and um I, I don't know i mean he definitely does feel sorry and he definitely feels remorse for his actions but then I, I felt like there was a lot of um, you know dribble there. Like he started going into sort of 
oh how he he just doesn't really settle down and how he's a bit a bit of you know a bit like the jack the lad he's trying to change and i thought well that's fine but what does that have to do with you saying a racial comment about islam you know if talking people of a entire religion you know that's got nothing to do with um with, with, with that you know what I'm trying to say it has nothing to do with it so I found it quite um, I found his apology video I found it like he was sorry but at the same time he just started to sort of make you know really he just should have just said oh look I'm sorry I made a mistake he made me angry but then he started going into details about his life that I felt were quite unnecessary you know and then he, he you know to sort of make him seem in a better light, which he shouldn't have done really. He should have just said, look, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I made a mistake. I went too far. I went, I crossed the line there. And, um, you know, I just don't think he did that. Um, I mean, I, and then he put another video up saying that he's taking a break from YouTube. It's called, uh, if listeners want to, um, listen to it, it's called, um, I'm just getting my YouTube. It won't be a second. It's called Listening, Learning, and Changing. So basically, he just talks about how he's going to take a break on YouTube, a break from the podcast, which I think he does need to do. And he will um, he will go and talk to... He, he's going to... He said, if you're around London and you're a fan who's been offended, please come up to me and I'll have a chat with him. I'll have a chat with you and talk it out, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, his co-host... Uh, I, f- I forget his name... His co-host, who co-host Lawrence, Lawrence, his um, his uh, wife is Muslim and his children Muslim. So, and I think he's God. I think he's God. I think his son. I think Trudeau is Godfather to him. So, obviously, he isn't against Muslim. He doesn't hate Muslim. He he himself is Islamist phobia. He just made Islamist phobia a phobic comment. And then I will say this on Lawrence's behalf. He should have said a live feed. He should have said, "Whoa, hang on a second, Brian. That's that's unfair. You shouldn't have said stuff like that because that's um, you know my my son, your godson is." Is is Muslim? And my, you know, you know, and that would have offended his his side of the family. Uh, so he should have, you know, Chu Geordie should have said something really. Oh, not Chu Geordie, sorry, Lawrence should have said something really there and then. But um, I think you know, if I was Chu Geordie, I would have just, I you know, I watched the apology. He doesn't actually mention Andrew Tate. He just refers to him as Mister Potato Head, which I think is quite immature. He should have just made an address saying, uh, Andrew Tate. I know we don't see eye to eye. I know, you know, we don't necessarily like each other, but I want to say from one man to another, I do apologize for insulting your religion. I'm sure that would have been, that would have been okay. You know, I'm sure, um, you know, Andre would have accepted his apology. So they said, I've gone too far there. Um, maybe they should have a boxing match just to sort of, uh, you know, um, you know, put it to, put it to bed, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I, I think he does need some time, but his apology video and calling Andrew Tate, Mr. Potato Head and insulting him, I, I found it quite immature, really. It's what a 14-year-old would do, to be honest with you, Bill. Yeah, Bill, I agree with you 100%. I always felt like True Geordie's had it out for Andrew Tate anyway. Like, I do like True Geordie and I do like his content, but yeah, every, no, time, every time I've heard him mention Andrew Tate, it's nothing but negativity. Well, and, um, like I said, Bill, know, it's, it's similar to Pierce Morgan and Meghan Markle. I mean, yeah. okay, Pierce, you made your point now. But is that all you're going to talk about, about Meghan Markle? It's the same with you, Geordie. You know, you made your point about Andrew Tate. You know, you can't, you can't, um, what I'm saying is you, you, when, you, when you have that much hatred towards somebody, you can't see the logic of it. You just need to let it go, you know. 
And, um, you know, it's it's obviously going to... De- I mean, he'll probably come back from this, but at the moment, it has ruined his career. It has dented his career. Um, and he shouldn't say stuff like this. I mean, you and I, Bill, I know we're not as big as True Geordie or Andrew Tate, but we, we ensure that we don't insult religion or insult anybody, if that makes sense. Do you know, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't have, we don't make comments like that, if that makes sense, because it's deeply unprofessional. And, you know, True Geordie should hold himself to the same standards. Whatever, whatever beef he has with Andrew Tate, you can have as much beef as you want, but you can't insult entire religion just because. You know, um, you don't like that individual. It's it's wrong. It is wrong, Bill. It's like I said. He's. I think George, True George has always had a little for Andrew Tate. And um, but like I said, you know, I'm not. In, I'm not saying I like Andrew Tate more than True Geordie or anything like that. No, no, but no. What I, what I do, um, what I do. I, the thing that Andrew Tate says all the time, which I really do agree with, is he, he understands that everyone's entitled to their own religion he thinks religion is a good thing whether you believe in it or not it keeps you disciplined it keeps you a good person mm. it keeps you wanting to help serve god serve your family serve in your friends yeah. in your community and like i said you know there are some you know like i said i i agree with that you know and like you said he's recently converted to muslim and i i've always seen videos of him before talking about how he's always admired uh, islam and how he's always admired that religion for uh, look you know everyone works together everyone is, is quite strict you know they're good people uh so yeah everyone's that's what i agree with and you know you as true geordie's in the public eye all the time i understand as well that he you know he's gonna have slip-ups because you know you're only a human as well but you know you need to have you do need to take responsibility for your actions and i think that's one of the most important things in life is if you everyone right here's here's the truth everyone's gonna mess up in life it doesn't matter what you do you're gonna say this you're gonna act in a certain way that when you look back on you know you're gonna regret but what you need to do is you just need to admit your wrongs you need to say you're sorry and apologize and then you need to just move on instead but like you said he was quite unprofessional saying andrew tate's mr potato head and stuff like that it's like well he, didn't, he just referred he said um we'll call him a friend mr potato head he shouldn't have said that but he should just make a video of saying i'm sorry i andrew i don't like you as a person but i'm very sorry for disrespecting your religion he's apologized to the whole of islam he hasn't apologized to the individual he offended so we should start by as much as it probably does is a hard thing because he doesn't like that person. And yeah, I do get Andrew Tate is a someone who he's not he does agitate a lot of people. I, I do understand that. Um you know, he should apologize him for disrespecting his religion, you know. You know, if if the sh- put it this way, if the foot if the she was on the other foot, Bill, you know, and if it was Andrew Tate, you know, you know, you know, there would be newspaper articles about it. You know, there, you know, and um, you know, he would be considered Islamophobic if the shoe was on the other foot. But because it's true, Geordie, you know, I feel like people are just like, oh yeah, well, you know, he made a mistake, but he has made a mistake. But he does need to, he does need to openly sort of say, look, I'm, I'm sorry, Andrew, for for disrespecting your religion. You know, you, you know, you can't really. He hasn't done that yet. Or even better yet, maybe even talk to him, FaceTime, or maybe maybe meet up in England somewhere and talk about it. Maybe, like I said, maybe they should have a boxing match to settle the bad blood. But, you know, it's just, you can't really go around insulting religion. I know he didn't mean it, 
And I know it was just for that individual, but he used a stereotype for what a religion does. And it's wrong. You know, you can't have a bad candidate, you know, comment like that, you know, especially in a public eye. And then one of the consequences is that the sponsorship Gymshark have now now disassociated him, so they don't sponsor his podcast anymore, which I think is a very suitable punishment for it, you know. And he has to make it up to all the all the um, all the all the people of all the Muslims and all the Islam people of Islam that he's offended. Also, he has to make it up with Lawrence's wife and Lawrence's kids. You know, he's got a long time to redeem, re, road redemption long, but he has to make up for those backhanded comments. So you need to really think what you need to say on podcasts. You can't really, you can't really just sort of say whatever you feel. You know, it, it doesn't work like that. I, I don't get me wrong. I believe in freedom of speech, but this freedom of speech is fine. You can say whatever you like, but freedom of consequence, you know, everything has a consequence. I believe you can say whatever you want to say, but that doesn't mean you're not free from the consequences, you know? Um, and also, you know, it's it's hard, you know, because you know his 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 uh, his his reputability is now in shatters. You know, you know, I I don't know if he'll even you know I know he's quite big on the YouTube fighting scene as a commentator and announcer, but you know they might not even ask him back on because of his comments. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking that um, they, like Sky Sports and all and all these companies won't have him back on now because you know there's a large part of their audience, and if they're a true professional company, they're not going to have someone on who's made those comments in the past, no matter if you've said sorry or not. Unfortunately, and yeah, exactly. And if you think of the history of Muslims and boxing, have always gone good to to. I mean, you've got Muhammad Ali, Amir Khan. You know, there's been always been a strong connection with Islam and boxing. Many, many, many. Many Islam people go into fighting like boxing, and if you look at UFC, Khabib as well. So it's it's not just boxing; it's all combat sport, really. And you know, you, you just can't be sick getting away with stuff like that. You know, it's wrong. You know, he's he's basically he's offended an entire country. He's offended many countries, and he's offended many sports stars, and he's offended members of his own family and his friends. Regardless, you know, regarding the comment, you know, you can't be saying stuff like that. You know. You know, I felt like, like I said to you, it was just schoolboy error, and that's fine. But you know, you're not in the schoolyard anymore. You know, you're 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 an adult doing a professional podcast. I did a apology video about saying, "Oh yeah, well, I'm I'm you know I'm like this with girls. I'm trying to change." Well, that's got how he is with women's got nothing to do with how he how he presents himself on a podcast. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. You know. Having a comment about Islamophobia has nothing to do with how you, how you, you know, how you are with women or, you know, whatnot, and how you know, and then he went into how he like I think he misses his mum. Obviously, it's you know, it's very sad. You know, his mum's not with him anymore and stuff like that, and that's very sad. But you know, you shouldn't bring your mum into it. It's this is about you as an individual. You made the comment. The best, the, the best thing to do is just to say, to Andrew, look, I'm very sorry. Don't do a thing on Facebook or Twitter. Don't tweet. Actually, message him or even find his contact details, FaceTime, and say, listen, Andrew, I know we don't see eye to eye. I do dislike you. I know you dislike me, but I do apologise. I did. I did cross the line there. Yeah, definitely. It's you know, it is. It needs to. Maybe when he comes back now from his time off YouTube, he'll have seen that um, he's he what he did was wrong, and he realizes you know he's grown as a person. You know. Well, yeah, I think that's what he needs to do. He needs to have a break from the public eye and just sort of work on himself. You know, maybe even maybe educate himself more. Maybe go to. I think Eid's coming up for for Chris around. Well, it, it's not Christmas for Muslims, but how the Christians have Christmas. Eid is the Christian is the not Christian is the Islam winter um, 
a celebration. Maybe he should go to an Eid festival or, you know, celebrate Eid to see what it's like, you know. Maybe he should do something like that. I mean, to be fair, he lives in London, which is the most cosmopolitan area in the country, you know, so he shouldn't really be sharing his views, you know. Yeah, definitely. All right, I think uh, we're coming to a natural end here, though. Um, oh, Bill. We are 47 minutes in. Uh, thank you for that story, story Dill. And bright, oh, thank, uh, you for the, thank you for the space cleanup, Bill. That was a very good story. You know, yeah. And thank you as well for uh, talking about the True Geordie Andrew Tate uh, saga. <laughs> Um, there's got to be more on that though <laughs> yeah exactly that might be a follow up current oh, affairs I, well. can, I can see it now to be honest with you Bill I can see it now right I just want to say uh, a big thank you to all the Misunderstood World podcast listeners you know, uh, Dill, do you want to tell them where we can, where they can find us on the socials? Yeah, pleasure. Uh, you can find us on YouTube and Spotify. That's our main channels. Also, you can also find us on the socials, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please follow us on socials, subscribe to our channels. And uh, it's been lovely having you. you all listen to our current affairs for this week. Yeah, thank you very much to all our lovely listeners. Uh, this you. has been the Misunderstood World Podcast. I'll see you later. See you. Bye-bye.